guys. Welcome to the podcast. This is brought to you from Vision by Dreamers. On this week's episode, we have a good friend of ours, Stephen Cameron, discussing all types of ministry topics, from dealing with grief and depression, to spiritual attacks from the enemy, even lessons in marriage. Stephen has been serving in ministry for 11 years at Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs. And on this week's episode, he dropped some cool wisdom on us. Also, as a side note, just be on the lookout for some more cool discussions coming up with myself and Mike. Planning to do some more episodes with guests we're really excited to hear from. So check it out. Cool. Um, we're good, huh? Everything sound good? Yeah, you sound good, dude. You sound very attractive, actually. You know what's gr- crazy is you, you sound really attractive all over the phone, but then when I see you in person... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> I know. It was funny, dude. Uh, Dang it. it okay. It's all good. You'll hear it back. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to get together with our friend Stephen. Lord God, we pray that you would just bless this conversation, Father, that you would anoint this, Father, to use to minister to people's lives, Father. I pray and I ask that people would get comfort, get confirmation, Father. Even conviction, Lord, I pray, Father, that you would just uh, allow this fellowship to be fruitful in each other's lives. We love you, Father. We praise you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Uh, Welcome, Stephen Cameron. This is episode 12 of our podcast. Amazing. Thank you for being on the show today. No, dude, it's a blessing to be here and, you know, be a part of this amazing podcast. (laughs) I I have to be honest, I haven't listened to any of the episodes yet. (laughs) It's all good, man. I'm failing at life, dude. No, you're good, I feel like I failed you, bro. I I like it because then it's just like you don't know what to expect at all, you know? Exactly. Every episode ends with a fist fight between all of us, so no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. I came ready. I'm kidding, man. Stephen, right now, I know, as our relationship is, you've been working at Calvary Chapel Golden Springs. I met you there. Do you remember when you and I first met? Yeah, dude. It was in the high school, uh, back with Brendan Beeler, and you know, you were this little skinny punk kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just had a heart for it, dude. And it's crazy. You know, it's yeah. Dude, did you have any impression like that he was? Uh, like a guy who was off only because I'm curious because when I met him, I was like, I don't trust this kid, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I saw a lot of how I was in you because I had come out of the same thing, the drugs, mm. the partying, the, but also being in the church, you know? So I had kind of like, I kind of saw a lot of those things and I was like, okay, this kid's not, not walking with the Lord, mm. wow, <laughs> you know? Dude. Wow, dude. And then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was the truth though. I remember you kind of like, were definitely keeping me in check amongst the other kids you would be like hey what's up dude like what's what's going on really you want to talk to me (laughs) i remember that i remember feeling like man this guy is just like he knows dude he knows yeah well you were kind of obvious too bro i mean you know you when we went to the beach retreat uh i don't know were you on that yet or no maybe maybe not i don't know so we go to the beach retreat um real quick are we talking to the camera or who am i talking to to us to us okay so when we were on the beach retreat, um, I remember we were all setting up tents, and I'm like, where's Sal? And he had his little boyfriend come with him. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, I'm like, where's Sal and his you know, his buddy? And, dude, they were like a half a mile from the campsite, dude, in their own little like tent, dude. And they were all like sketchy, like, <laughs> like sketched out, dude. That's I was funny. like, I was like, dude, these guys are sketch. That's but funny. Uh, yeah, that was my first impression of you. Oh, dude. gosh. I know. I was a fool, dude. But, I mean... 
off of that, that was the start. God used that in my life as like, okay, this is who Stephen is. I mean, this is mm. kind of the, the godly man that you need in your life. And other people came in at that time. So here we are. Do, do, did you, like back then, did you, were you aware of like the calling that you would later on receive? Or, or, or was that at a point where you're just like, I'm just trying to serve the Lord or... I was just trying to serve the Lord, you know, and I, I knew that I had a desire to serve God and, you know, coming out of, um, you know, I was young. I think I was 18 or 19 when I started serving in the high school. And so for me, it was relatively fresh and I just had a mm. heart for, for kids that were lost, you mm. know, and for me, like growing up in the church, it, it was always kind of a thing of like where you know the truth and you want to see what's out there and you mm. want to experience it. And then when you experience it, you find out like, dude, it's like sin will always take you further than you ever wanted to go, mm -hmm. you know? And once it gets its hooks in you and it has you, it's just, it's a downward spiral and it gets, things get dark, mm. you know? And coming out of that, giving my life back to the Lord, I was like, man, like, let's get all these kids saved, you know, let's get them back with the Lord. Let's get them on fire, mm. you know, knowing what they struggle with. So I just wanted to do that. Like, mm. as far as like my calling, like, am I a pastor? Am I a teacher? I had no idea. I was just trying to just serve the Lord and, mm. you know, I was on fire and, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted to do, I wanted to do big things for God, mm. like whatever that looked like, you know? Mm. Mm. So why don't, why don't you kind of share, just to give you a little background, like what are you doing as far as like, I know you serve in the bookstore, I know you also teach uh, for Friday nights. Um, what else as far as ministry? Because I, I haven't hung out with you in a while. What's going on in your life right now, Stephen? So right now, it's been a very interesting season. Um, definitely bookstore is kind of my main focus right now. Mm. Um, you know, been there, started there when I was 19, I think 18, 19. You know, been there, it's been almost 11 years. Um, so that's been kind of my main focus. You know, I, I kind of help assist Miriam there. And, mm. you know, we just kind of keep things going there. Um, as far as like ministry outside of that, you know, through the course of time, you know, I've served with the youth, served with the junior high. Right now, God has me in this very weird place where, you know, it's kind of like all the different doors to serve have kind of been shut. Mm -hmm. Similar to what you're experiencing with COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that, you know, it, there's um, there's literally almost no way you can serve. There's nothing you can do. And so it's been a season for me where just a lot of doors have been closed. And um, at the start of this season, the Lord led me to Nehemiah 1, mm. which was where you see in Nehemiah's life, like a lot of the doors were shut. But the reason he did that is so that Nehemiah could pray. And you see that through prayer, God began to just work in Nehemiah. He began to bring that brokenness in Nehemiah. He began to, to place a call and a burden and just stir him up, mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, that's just kind of where I've been at now is just a season of like, okay, like I've done ministry in rehabs, you know, working with U-Turn. We've all, you guys have all both been there, you know, Sal, I think they, uh, you know, you need to go back there. <laughs> get, get, get your life right. Me and Stephen were there for different reasons than Sal. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I came up we, through the we, program. We, we were teaching. He was, no, we're lying right now, by the way. That's not true. But still, yeah. But, um, you know, serving at, at U-Turn has, has been a huge blessing, dude. And working with people that are just barely starting out has been so cool because they're so real, mm. you know, and um, that ministry has been amazing. And then serving in junior high, you know, be, having the opportunity to teach, um, you know, serving on Fridays with Sean, you know, has been amazing, you know, at W Live and uh, just being able to assist Sean, you know, and help help him, you know, in any way I can, you know, whether that's 
just being there to do announcements, whether that's, you know, taking care of things behind the scenes or whether that's, you know, filling in for him, you know, in a teaching role, you know, Mm -hmm. whenever the opportunity comes. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, I'm also kind of working with the youth a little bit with Scott, just kind of, you know, as I can, you know, it's like, right, like I said, right now, it's a weird season for me with just a lot of doors being closed. But, um, you know, weird seasons aren't necessarily bad, you know, because it causes you to seek the Lord more. You know, and so that that's just kind of where I'm at right now as far as like ministry wise, you know, what I'm what I'm doing. That's super dope. Uh, do you feel like there's a change inside of you just from the highlight of you being able to do ministry? Um, maybe the moments when you're teaching the most and the doors are flying open and who Stephen is in that moment versus like this guy that you are now, which from an outside view, and I'm, I'm speaking from a little bit of experience too, from an outside view, it's like, oh, well, that must suck. You're doing less. But I'm curious, like, has that affected you just inside at all? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it does kind of suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not and not in a bad way. And I want to hear about that. Like, yeah. I want to hear. Yeah. Like, so, it, it, you know, it's always one of those things. And I, I think long ago I realized that you know, whatever happens in our lives, like as long as we're obedient to God and we're where God has placed us, whatever happens has been allowed by him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, we've all been through a lot of things here, you know, Mikey, myself, Sal. And, you know, there's just some things that happen that you had no control over. You you can't do differently. And so for me, it's been a season where like, you know, I, I could either focus on like, well, you know, this, this, whatever, but it's a season where I'm just like, okay, God, like this is a season where you have allowed this to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what do you have for my life? Mm-hmm. And learning obedience, you know, it's something so simple as obedience, but yet it's so hard oftentimes, right? Yeah. Because we, we want to do our own thing. And sometimes God's like, hey, just let me show you a couple of things. Let mm-hmm. me teach you. Let me work in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, um, you know, it is a a challenge, I'll I'll be honest, you know, like for, I I feel like, you know, just being brutally transparent with you guys. Yeah, please do. um, I feel like the way ministry progressed for me, I started out, was on fire and I was just struggling to surrender some things. So, you know, I kind of went through this wilderness period where I wasn't being used and then I came back you know, surrendered what I needed to surrender, got rid of what I needed to get rid of. And things just started to blow up. I started teaching in junior high. Like it was, it was a fruitful season. You know, I had the opportunity to teach on Fridays, filling in, you know, I had just a lot of different opportunities were there. And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, as you guys have all experienced, there's times where, you know, we get used greatly. And then there's times where, you know, we get used a little bit here, a little Mm -hmm. bit there. You know, and it's like God is, is we still remain faithful. We still stay mm-hmm. ready. But, you know, sometimes it's hard that that feeling of like where you're just always on the go and you're yeah. always teaching and it's exciting, dude. Being used by God is one of the most amazing things, right? Yeah. Like when you teach or when you share or yeah. when God used you to lead someone to the Lord or to minister, it's like, dude, you're just when you're called to it, you love it. Yeah. And so when the opportunities aren't really there as much, sometimes you it can kind of it. be, yeah, you're like, you're like, dang, dude, like yeah. I just, I, I can't wait for the next opportunity. I know it well. And so, but again, 
everything in our lives, every season has been allowed and ordained by God, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like Nehemiah, you know, the door wasn't open for him to go out at that time. So what did he do? He shut himself in with God and he prayed, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? And I think that's what's missing in a lot of times in ministry is there's a lot of doing ministry, but not a lot of praying, Mm. you know? And I think prayer is the backbone of any type of ministry we do, Mm. you know, we, and I think sometimes we forget that, like we can do more in prayer with God sometimes than we can, you know, by going out and doing ministry, Yeah, you know? And so prayer is just, it has to be the backbone. Yeah. You know, know, I'm so sorry. Now you're going to go for it. Um, I feel led to share something with you that God has shown me, um, you know, and I don't, I don't always intend to do these, especially when we're doing interviews, but I feel led to share it. And so, um, you know, your, your story's so, so similar to mine in the sense that, um, th- there was like a, a, a dr- drawing me in Christ's love drew me to him. But there was these things that needed to change. Like there was these things in my life that like, and it never made me feel like he didn't love me, dude. It just was like, you know what? Like I sense the hand of God on my life. And I know that obedience in these areas is going to open up doors. And sure enough, like obedience and surrender opened up doors. And, and the anointing was more refined and, and it's, it, it seemed like I was in tune. And then in some weird way, I wound up back where I was without the issues, just back positionally. So here you have a, a defined reason why I wasn't being used. Adjust that, get used, amazing, awesome opportunities and then for some reason, by the hand of God, circled back to the place where I'm not really being used, but still being in this position where I'm, I'm, I'm all the Lord's. And I, it brought me to a place of like, and I talked about this in the last interview that I, that I was interviewed. And that was, what, did I go wrong? Is there something that I, you, you, was I supposed to like leap out at this one little moment before or something? And what God showed me, bro, is if people believe that the effectiveness of God is because of the holiness of man, then it causes a majority of people to look at man. And so God doesn't want that equation to continue to exist in our mind that if I'm good enough and if I'm strong enough and if I'm holy enough, that's the reason why men are powerful because the reason why men are powerful is because there's a living God who is perfect in all of his ways, working through even flawed man. And so God's like, nope, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this story be where you're preaching at people, hey, you're not holy enough, and that's why God's not using you. Because it 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 not that that's not true that we need to be holy, because God still continues to call us to be holy, but it causes men to look at a man being used and say, Wow, that man is holy, and that's why God is using him. And it causes people to look at man and God's just like, dude, I will, I will mold you in such a way that my glory will be doubled and you will be minimized. And that's, what's crazy about God taking us into deep water, bro. Like where you're like, 
what's going on, God? But God's like, you have no idea. I'm, I'm doing more with you. You know, it's just, you can't see it, you know, in this moment. But it's crazy because I hear you. Like I hear, I, I, I remember, I remember you in the, like, as you're speaking these things, I, I can like recall you. And I recall you like younger man. And then, and I watched the door fly open and God bring you your wife and ministry. And then, and then we hit this wall and there's certain men, dude, that God's going to take into the next stage of his ministry. And he has to prepare those men for that because we don't know what that looks mm -hmm. like, bro. Mm -hmm. we, we don't know what this place is like. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Steven, uh, there's one thing uh, in regards to your journey, some of the struggles, I know some of the big impacts in your life that have shaped you and molded you because you're speaking on how God uses these things in your life to make you stronger, to make you the man who you are. And I know one of those things is your, your father, your dad. Um, I kind of want you to share what, what God did through that. Maybe you can kind of tell the story a little bit about that if you feel. To whatever you degree yeah. you would yeah. like to. Yeah, and you know, it, it's funny. I think it takes a while to realize like the things that happen to us, a lot of times it's for others. You know, and so for me at first, like, you know, when, when I was going through that whole trial, it was like I just shut down. Um, Would but, you mind sharing what that trial yeah. was? Just, just so people are listening don't know. Yeah, so when I was 18, I had gotten saved, you know, gave my life back to the Lord, was walking with the Lord, had moved out of state, was just kind of getting plugged in, getting a foundation in my life. And um, four months after I got saved, my dad had a massive heart attack and he went into a coma which basically is where, you know, the, I, I believe it's where the body shuts down so the brain could heal. Hmm. So um, picture like, like a man, you know, just laying in a bed, you know, with their eyes open, you know, but not able to communicate with you and not able to move and not able to respond, but they're still there. And so it was a very hard experience because he literally, like, I got the call December 28th, 2008, that uh, he had had a massive heart attack and I needed to fly out here immediately. So I flew out here um, and I go in, you know, and I see my dad just on this bed and I'm thinking like, oh, he's going to get better, you know, and, and that ended up becoming an eight-year trial, you know, and I'll just be very transparent with you guys. You know, I, I think it was hard because we were in limbo, you know, and at first it was this feeling of like, man, like God's going to raise him up and he's going to be this testimony. And I think one of the biggest disappointments for me was when he actually passed away, you know, without ever waking up, because it was kind of one of those things where it was like, it was like that little bit of hope that you had was just gone. And so for me, it was like, man, you know, but we were in limbo for eight years, you mm -hmm. know, not knowing because the way his condition is, some people, when they're like brain dead, completely brain dead, you know, they pull the plug. But for him, he wasn't brain dead. He had a little bit of brain activity. So it, it, you can't pull the plug on someone like that. So, you know, my mom would go take care of him every day. You know, for the first four years, all of our family, like we just put our lives on hold yeah. to take care of him. You know, we would take shifts there and we would just be there all the time, you know. And for me... I think the hardest thing was, was like, there was never any closure, you know, because you get to this point where you're like, man, God, are, are you going to wake him up? You're going to wake him up. You're going to wake him up. And then you start to see him, you know, n not get better. 
and you start to feel horrible because you see this guy who's in a bed, can't do anything, can't even respond, can't talk to you, can't share how he feels. You know, these nursing homes, I'll be honest, like they're not like they're not a place where you ever want to have a loved one there. Like just being honest, like, I, mm -hmm. I you know, yeah. ever. And, you know, so he's there and you just feel so bad because you're like, man, like, God, why don't you just take him? Like, why don't you just take him home? Like, why do you got to leave him here suffering? And so it was hard. And then, you know, going on, you know, as a family, there was no closure. You know, if, if he would have passed away, we would have been able to say, okay, like, you know, you grieve and then you move on. But you're just stuck in this limbo where you're like, dude, like just so many emotions and so many feelings. And, you know, you're, you're you know, and, and you guys have both experienced this. When you go through one trial, it's never just one trial. Mm. There's always a bunch of other trials that come about. It's like a ripple effect, you know, so things at my house just went down the tubes. You know, my dad was kind of the pillar of the family. He was a pastor. He was a pastor. Mm. And godly man, you know, was a pastor at church and was a pastor at home, you know, and, and held his family, you know, t held us all together. So when he went down, you know, everyone, it just, things just kind of, kind of collapsed very mm -hmm. fast. Um, you know, my mom was solid, myself, I was solid, you know, some of my other family members, you know, were, were kind of up and down in their walks with God. So it just made for a lot of different things, you know, and, and I don't really want to go into it on this podcast, you know, but, um, you know, there was so much that went on. It was just like, it was just, it, sometimes it felt, I was like, dude, I was like, Lord, like, you know, is this, is, this sucks. Like, mm -hmm. like, I don't like take me, <laughs> you know, like take me, I'm, I'm ready to go, mm. you know? And so then finally he passed away, you know, he passed away after being eight years in a coma you know, and then started the whole grieving process, you know, and that's been a whole nother battle because grief is, is hard. It sucks. Like, you know, I really believe, you know, there's things you go through that are really severe trials. I believe death is, is kind of the ultimate trial, mm. you know, because it's, it's just, it hurts. It's painful, mm. you know? And so going through that grieving process now, after eight years of being in this limbo of, of emotions, now actually having to grieve was a whole nother battle. You know, and so that's kind of his story and our story, you know, um, a verse that the Lord gave me when everything first started was James five. Let me read it for you. It was James five, I think 17. Let me see. James 5.11, and it says, Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. You know, and that when I remember I was like, like this was like year one of the trial, and mm -hmm. it was just like the Lord led me to that verse, and it gave me hope because I was like, dude, I was like, things are never going to get better. And then, you know, the word of God has this way of just giving you hope and, and the promises of God. And, and it gives you something to cling on to, you know, and I'm sure enough, I've seen that verse come true, mm. you know, like through that whole situation, so much good has come out of it. You know, so many nurses have gotten saved, mm. you know, so many doctors and stuff. It was a witness because when you're, when you're in a coma, most family members don't stick around. Mm. You know, we've been to probably like about 
six different care facilities for like extended periods of time. And I can tell you maybe in that whole time, eight years, probably only three families stood around wow. with their loved ones. It was like yeah. us and like maybe three in that whole stretch. And so, you know, it was just like, it was like crazy, like things that you never think would happen, but we were able to be a witness to them, mm, you know, yeah. and we were able to minister to them at different seasons and the nurses and the doctors and all those different things. And so, you know, we see, we saw a lot of good come out of that, you know? Yeah. I remember I, I, I went to visit your dad, um, while he was in, um, in the coma and, uh, I, you know, one of the things that always, always the Lord shows me is because Christians can be very optimistic for the sake of being optimistic. Like they'll be like, like, Oh, you know, but isn't it great that we have hope with the Lord and isn't, and they, and they throw that around particularly when they have, they themselves haven't been through stuff like that. And they have a tendency to throw this stuff around. And if you've ever been to a funeral where you're really deep in it and there's always Christians around that. And I'm not bashing bro, but like they'll, they'll just, they just don't know. They'll say things like, Oh, isn't it crazy what we know? Place. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, like, bro, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I remember, I remember while I was there, I was struck with the the, the heaviness. Not there was not a, I didn't have a, a feeling in my inside of me like, oh well, you know. But I, I all I just, I, I could just feel the weight of, of what this, um, what this meant to to like this whole family, you know. And uh, it hit me hard, bro. And, but one of the things that I distinctly remember, and I want to share with you, dude, that I distinctly remember is like, uh, this thought like, um, about you, dude, that like, God doesn't, this doesn't happen for no reason. Like I, I, and I don't mean that in the sense of like the scenario itself is going to bloom for which, which it does. And I know about that too. And you're sharing a little bit about that. But I was, well, what I'm talking about more specifically is when God sends one of his servants who he's anointed, speaking of yourself, through a thing like that in a chapter of your life, it's because he's giving you understanding that the average person doesn't have. And when I think of Christ's ulti ultimate understanding of every scenario, every human being, he understands them that there's some something of that attributes to the depth of a servant of God when he understands pain, when he understands the situations that there isn't answers for. Mm. And, you know, all, all I know for certain, because I, I would not have dared to be like, oh, when this all passes, you're going to see. And, you know, the people yeah. that try to speak those testimonies into you and they're like, oh, watch, watch when every, God's going to. And, and, and I know those those dark black and white nights when you're looking at things end and you're like, wait, what was the purpose for this again? Like mm -hmm. what? Like. But it's it's literally that itself, the 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 anguish that is being placed upon you with those kind of losses that take you to a place that just the person to the right and the left of you have never been. And later on, as you do ministry and you're looking people in the eyes, you understand things that other people 
don't understand and and particularly not self-inflicted dark places because self-inflicted dark places us three know about those things too oh, drugs or you know sex or and and dark and those become scar tissue those become things that we're trying to give to god or just say you know clean my heart clean my mind lord but but the, the but the stuff that's not self-inflicted the stuff that the lord inflicted upon you like the the, the trial that you didn't bring yourself into God brought you into that stuff, bro. The stuff that blooms off of that, even when it is scar tissue, even when you're left with a stutter, left with an anxiety or whatever it is that, that makes you feel half the man even. Even those things, he uses them, bro, like crazy. And I've seen that. And and in that moment when I left, I, I honestly thought, dude, I'm like, this 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 probably has something to do with someone's calling, dude. Like, And it was a, it was a mind-blowing thing because the reason why I went there was um, I was I was seeing like everybody really going hard for let's be a light and and pray for people that are like you know sick or whatever but but yet I was like what about the people that I know of in my own personal life like people that I've heard of in my own and there isn't like a there isn't like a big movement with everybody involved and stuff and I and I felt convicted about that and I was like dude I'm gonna and I hit uh, Lonnie up I was like hey you know and he's like, here, I'll take you, dude. Like, and me and him went together. It was crazy, you know. And uh, but, anyways, I wanted to share that with you, dude. That I, I, way back then, that was something that God had put in my heart. Um, wow, Stephen. During that time, were you doubting at all uh, God's love, God's goodness? Is that a struggle? Yeah, I had many. I call them. Uh, car conversations with god where you're just like yelling at god like mm-hmm. god like what is the deal mm-hmm. you know and i think what like what you said like mikey is you know when you go through things and it has a way of taking you deeper but often like as you go deeper like you know the reason you go deeper is because you work out a heck of a lot of things with the lord yeah you know, it's one thing to say, God, I trust you. It's another thing to trust him. You know, it's one thing to say, God, I, I believe you're good. It's another thing to to be face to face with some some stuff that is just sucks. That suggests that God yeah, isn't good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to be able to say, like, okay, God, like, you know, I, I really do believe you're good. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just got, it's a lot of, like, just, man, yeah, I had a lot of those nights, dude. <laughs> a lot of those conversations with the Lord where it's like, God, like, how could you? But I think that in our transparency with God, there's something special about it because God always meets us. Mm. You know, He always meets us. And like at the end of every night, the Bible says weeping endures for night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm. You know, and at the end of every night, there's always that morning where you wake up and the peace of God is with you Mm. and His presence is with you and where you know in your heart, you're like, man, God is giving me the strength to get through this, you know? Mm. But yeah, you do those doubts are real. You know, for sure, you know, and all the emotions and stuff, you know, you guys have both both experienced them for sure, I'm sure, you know. Mm. Um, you know, there's just things we go through, mm. you know. So so chat pages turn, right? And I, and, and there's, a, there's a big difference in you, bro. Like, and I, I know you kind of alluded to just dealing with some stuff in your personal life, but I see this, I see this transition, bro. Like, you're this guy who's around, right? And he's willing to help. But it's a difference when you see a person who's around and willing to help versus when you see a person and like the spirit of God 
is moving through them and impacting people, even if it's just a couple of people around them at the time, or they, they become impactful. They, they transition from like hanging out on the Lord and needing him and being around and, and doing whatever somebody tells them to do. They transition from that to all of a sudden their, their, their presence or their, their conversation becomes impactful to the people around them. Do you remember what it was that transition that I'm talking about? Is there like a moment that that happened or is that a slow process? Well, I, I think it's just ongoing, you know, and, um, you know, the Bible talks about being filled with the power of the spirit. You know, a lot of times we think of that and we look at power as like a feeling or we look at man like God baptized me with the Holy Spirit last night and I just felt something and I feel empowered. But really, you know, the measure of power is impact, you know, and when you read through the book of Acts, like you don't hear about how, you know, they all felt the holy tingles. Chuck calls them the holy tingles. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I've always liked that because he says, you know, like we don't want the holy tingles. We want the Holy Spirit. You know, and I think a lot of times we look for some feeling to, to kind of like say like, oh, yeah, that was powerful experience. But really, the truth is, is like power is impact, you know, and that's something that all of us can have and yeah. really that all of us should have, mm. you know, because the Bible says that when you're baptized with the spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive power, mm. you know, and it's that ability. It's that impact, you know, and, and I think that for all of us, like, man, like the times that we're most in tune with God and most in the word and most in prayer and most just walking in the spirit. Those are the times that were the most impactful. Mm. You know, a lot of times we don't even know it, you know, we don't even know it. We're just trying to please God and, and trying to love God and mm. trying to live, you know, in a way that pleases him and is obedient. And as we do that, dude, like God just uses you, mm. you know, and it goes back to that whole thing of like us just getting out of the way, you know, and just humbling ourselves before God and then God steps in and is like, okay, now I'm going to work through you. Mm. You know, but a lot of times you don't even realize it. Mm. I mean, how many times have you guys taught, maybe you taught Sal and you got done and you were like, that was the worst message I ever gave, dude. And you don't even want a fellowship. You just want to leave to your car and dip, right? <laughs> yeah. And then someone comes up after and crying like, dude, everything you said was exactly what I'm going through. Mm. You know, and yeah. so, you know, I think God just works through us, you yeah. know. What were some of those, those guys, um, those leaders who were pouring into you in ministry? Like, what were some of those lessons that they were teaching you, the guys who poured into you? Um, well, one of them is Sean, Sean mm -hmm. McKeon. Huge influence on my life. And, and I think... Shout out Sean McKeon. Shout out Sean McKeon. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think for me, it, you know... Every time I've gone to him and said, hey, I'm going through this, or hey, can you pray with me, or hey, this and that, dude, he's always shared and just pointed me back to the Bible and just shared a lot of like practical wisdom that's just built me up, mm -hmm. you know, but also being able to serve with him all these years, being able to see his life and how he is behind the scenes has been, I think, the most impactful for me, you know, and mm -hmm. now, you know, like um, being able to do ministry, like you look back and you're like, man, like this season was a blessing because I learned this from watching this person's life or I, or I learned this from, you know, being poured into and, you know, Sean McKeon is one. Um, obviously, Rollindell, like, dude, being at that church and being able to, to serve under the caliber of leadership that's there has been, you know, monumental. 
you know, because it, there's so much being taught there, not just from the pulpit, like, dude, and, and that's why I really encourage, like, especially new believers, new Christians, or people that are like, man, I just want to go deeper, like, you don't have to go to a seminar, you don't have to go to a, a conference out of state, just go to a church that teaches the Bible, you yeah. know, and go faithfully, go on a Sunday, go on a Wednesday, go on a Sunday night, you know, and man, the stuff that Raw teaches from the pulpit, to this day, I still get ministered to by, you know, and then having the opportunity to serve there, you know, every time we get an opportunity to serve and to, to meet with the with the team and to pray, and maybe Pastor Dell will pour into us or Pastor Raw will pour into us. It's all about learning ministry, you mm-hmm. know, and those things have built me up like that. I, I would not be where I am today without you know, the 6 a.m. Sunday morning meetings, which I think we all loved so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. you guys both remember those. Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, or without the 6 p.m. prayers where, you know, it's just like, dude, the work that God does in your heart, you know. And so definitely those two guys, um, Sean, I, Brennan, early on, Brennan, I, I know Brennan was someone that had an impact on oh, your yeah, life. for and, sure. You know, Brennan was one. Um, Davian Zunza was another, you know, for sure. You know, um, just throughout the years, a lot of different people, and there, there's too many to name. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's, there's other just, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> right, you right. You know, but um, those are a few that, like, especially early on, were were really instrumental. I think some of the the greatest impacts I've had too were just guys like yourself, just pulling me aside and like, hey, like, do you want to just come with me? Like, mm. not even asking me to teach. Not even asking me yeah. to do worship or anything. Just be like, do you want to sure. hang out with me? And that yeah. was something I, I know that Stephen would do to me. We would, he would take me out to um, his uh, his family rehab center. <laughs> <laughs> that he would take me to, and it was cool, man. We got to see like just guys who were so raw. Like you would see some of the guys still kind of tweaking out, bugging. And Stephen would get up there and then just give him fire, dude. And I would just be like, whoa. And the crazy thing is, like, so many times you go to just go along for the ride, and the Lord ministers to you so much for the Bible study that maybe Stephen's like, okay, I got to teach for these guys, which he is, but would hit me so hard. And then I'd just be like, dude. And then afterwards, we would go out to eat, and then Stephen would just be like, hey, man, you're messing up in life. And I'd be like, I know, dude, I know. But in such a loving and cool way, and I think that's so important to have guys who are able to pour into you and to pour into other guys. Yeah. And I, I think it's so valuable. Yeah, I definitely want to encourage people to to do that. Like, just take people with you, you know? Like, um, sometimes, like, we think we, we hear about, you know, discipling others, right? Like, pouring in others. And we start trying to create, like, an a format that we're going to start a discipleship or whatever. And that's dope. But I think some of the biggest discipling I've ever received was like, I mean, even Dale, I can remember him like getting into the chapel one day I was parked outside and he saw me and he was like, Hey, and then he went, he had forgotten his keys and he made a phone call. He was like, Hey, I don't have my keys. And somebody had to come. So there was like a 20 minute dead space. And he's like, you want a cup of coffee? I'm like, I was like scared to respond to him. (laughs) You know, so then we get in his car and he just drove up the street and I'm sitting there. I'll never forget, dude, I'm sitting there drinking coffee with with the Dale, you know, like (laughs) I was just because I was he was like he was like a superhero to me. I'm not trying to idolize people or nothing, but I'm just being honest, you know, and because his messages would just like pierce my heart. And I remember sitting at a coffee house with him and I almost like 
felt like I didn't know what to do. I was kind of looking at him, but he started asking me questions just about me. Like, where'd you grow up? And this, I'm like, Oh, Baldwin park, the same cause you know, and, um, and there were some impactful things that were said there mm. in that conversation that I still carry with me. And so I think sometimes, you know, like what you're saying, what, what you're saying, sharing about him and what he's talking about people that just spent time with him too. It's not just the official, you mentioned earlier seminars or people trying, Oh, this, you got to hear these, this group of speakers. And that's great. That's great stuff. But a lot of times it's just that one-on-one having believers in your life. I, I want to transition. Uh, you mentioned earlier how the effectiveness of Sean McKeon, you said not just in his teaching and not just, but you said in his marriage as a husband, his role as a husband or father. So you transitioned into marriage um, not long ago, right? How long have you been married now? Six months. Six. Wow. That's yeah. very, dude. How's, can you, okay, well, how did you meet her? What, like, first of all, shoot, you need to preface that when, right when they got married, he's getting on a plane and I don't want to steal your story. Tell him, tell him your story, dude. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we got married March 14th. And literally th- that Monday, March 16th, we're on a plane to Hawaii, getting ready to get on a plane. And we're walking through the airport, and we go into Coffee Bean, and we're getting our coffee. And I look, and I just happen to see Trump on the TV, you know, and the little caption underneath says, 14-day stay-at-home order. And I'm like, what the heck? So all of a sudden, dude, we all started, like, all Coffee Bean, were, like, everyone in line was just, like, like looking at the TV. And that's when they were like, hey, you know, we're going to shut down the country, yada, yada, yada. Sounds like the beginning of, like, World War II. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, I mean, it was already a weird vibe, dude. The airport LAX was empty. Mm. Half of the restaurants mm. and stuff were closed. It was straight empty. And me and Jess were just like, like, what the heck? You know, yeah. like, should we go? Like, are we going to make it? You know, is there COVID in Hawaii? You know, like, we're wondering, like, what the heck? So then we get to Hawaii and dude, it was clearly super he chill. went anyway. So, so dude, it was super chill. Like mm-hmm. you would have thought there was no pandemic, dude. It was mm-hmm. like, Everybody's like everyone just like, Hey, you know, like, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm in, in my head, I'm like, dude, this is cool. Like chill, you know? Oh, yeah. And then we came back and it was like a different country. Oh, dude, man. we came back. LAX was empty. Everyone had masks. And then like, Wow. Going to the store. I mean, everyone was like freaking out, dude. And so I was just like. Talk about starting a new life together. Like a different life. (laughs) Yeah. We were just like, what the heck happened? Like, dude, there was no traffic in LA, which is unheard of. You know, I miss it dearly, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I was just like, what the heck, dude? It was so weird. You know, so we ended up having an extended honeymoon because we were both staying at home. We, we were both working from home wow. for like about a month or so. Jess was working from home. I was just kind of just there at mm-hmm. home bugging her while she was working at <laughs> home. But uh, so it was kind of a cool little, you know, way to come back from, you know, your honeymoon. Do you feel like, uh, okay, because one of the things, and this is interesting, um, we don't get most, a lot of non-believers listening. This is mostly believers. Before a believer... Um, in case there's any non-believers listening, like that that marital transli- transition from not being married to being married is like a head, a nosedive off a mountain because you literally the first time that you ever are living together, 
is after you get married, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you get back yeah. and all of a sudden you live with your friend, like this person that you like have only, cause you know, there's a, there's a intimate di distance in comparison to the world, the way the world does it, the way the world does, it, they inch themselves at a comfort level closer and closer to intimacy and, and, and at whatever progression they want to take, that's the way they do things. And then they ultimately, for whatever reason, they put marriage at the end of like, that's the last step or whatever. But for a Christian, it's not like that. It's like, it's like nosedive into marriage. Right. So mm -hmm. do, do you remember any crazy, like, just like, dude, this is nuts or early in marriage or has it been a really smooth transition <laughs> i mean you know at first i'm gonna be honest at first it was pretty smooth you know now it's you know you're starting to learn like you know d different people's habits and you know yeah. my wife would be the first to say like you know i can't believe i hate you do this and i hate when you do that and in love like not yeah, like no i hear you not like I'm full-blown like i hate you oh, like, but like but like eye suck, roll style right? like just yeah like, but like really like you know then there's things where i'm like i'm like seriously right now like what the heck you know but it's that whole getting <laughs> yeah getting used to thing and you know i think it helped that we were able to have that like quarantine together mm. because we were able to just kind of grow with each other yeah you know and we were able to learn each other a little bit and you know it just helped having that before jumping back into full-time ministry and you know we both have crazy schedules so it's like having that like foundation where we were able to kind of like learn each other and you know it helped now you yeah. know is there like a huge spiritual like just change as far as like watch the, the single man curious with my fiance is there i'm just curious like is there does, does it change drastically like i guess the because the spiritual connection i have with my fiance is awesome i love it does it change drastically or is it, is it like kind of like you just continue to grow? No, it just dies. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, I hate to ruin it before it starts. But, yeah. um, no, is it hot in here to you guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so basically, uh, I mean, it just changes, you know, because, you know, before you, you have that common ground with the lord but you're both still seeking the lord as, as, a, as a single person mm -hmm. technically you know i mean you're engaged whatever but you both you know like you're not living under the same house mm. when you the thing i found is like we have to be really really intentional about spending time with god because it's easy to come home and you're tired and you're like i just want to chill with my wife mm -hmm. and hang out you know or it's easy to to not um, really seek the Lord still, you know, and I never knew, like, I noticed the pattern, how a lot of Christian couples, they get married, and then right after, it seems like right after their honeymoon, you don't see them at church anymore for a grip, oh, wow. you know, and I, I kind of noticed that pattern, and so I always wondered, like, why is that, like, and then I got married, and I'm like, oh, that's why, and it's because <laughs> a lot of times, like, you have to be more deliberate and more disciplined in your devotional mm -hmm. life, you know, because it's so easy to just, oh, we'll pray, you know, we'll pray later, you know, or we'll pray mm -hmm. tomorrow, or, you know, I'll read tomorrow, or, you know, I just want to spend time with you. And sometimes it's like, you don't even, it's not like you plan it, yeah. like, you just wake up and you're like, you're just hanging out with one another, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's marriage now, you love each other, and you're living with each other, and you just want to grow in that marriage, but so that was the thing I found, is you have to be more intentional, and two, being open. Like, you got to be open, you know, both to receive and to, to share. 
because if not, it's like there's this wall that like starts to build between you guys, you know? Oh, yeah. What um, what about serving right now? At, especially what was the difference between serving with her before you were married and now serving at church after you guys are married? Yeah, I got to be on my P's and Q's because if not, dude, I'm going to get it when I get home. Dude, that's <laughs> the biggest difference, dude. One of the things that came to mind when you were asking that question about like, you know, does it change like the spiritual side of it? And I think one of the things that looking back, I didn't see it at the time that it was happening, but I realize it now is, you know, even very godly people, they still have their Christianity to a degree as a display. So they consciously make the decision for what to say and what not to say while they're at church, while they're talking to people. And I'm not saying that people are like completely two-faced, but it's still a display. It's like, here is my my Christianity. And and you do that with each other early in your relationship without realizing it too. I mean, you start sharing things about what you struggle with or whatever, but there still is this sort of like, you know, you, you, you'll, if someone's irritating you, let's say you, you save face and you, you just get through the date or whatever, and then right. you go home, you know, and you, whatever it is that doesn't happen no more. Once <laughs> yeah. you're married, you, you don't walk away. And so the, this display start, the display case starts to break, you know what I mean? It's gotcha. like cracks and you're not wiping it no more. And it, but, but to be honest with you, you start getting honest and that honesty will start to reveal who you really are too. Because there's a part of you that believes your own, your own display. display yeah, yeah you know. you're like you're you're telling everybody what you're doing, and you're doing it. You're telling God, see, Lord, I'm doing it, and see, people see I'm doing it, and I'm doing it for you. And, and then you go home, and you sleep because all day you've been serving the Lord with your display, you know. And and when you get married, it's like you you have accountability. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And so, like when he talks about that that early place, I think it's for a lot of people. It's just like there, there's no, there's, I mean, there's no. You're not believing your own lie and your wife's not believing it. Like mm. she knows who you are. But the beauty, beautiful side to that is like that's where together you start watering what really is there. Mm. And what really is there, if you're a Christian, is a person who needs Jesus and who relies on Jesus for the answer. Because marriage comes with some weird things that you didn't see coming, bro. You're just like, you know, and and you you'll find yourself if you've if you've ever learned to fall on your face and grab a hold of Jesus that's what you're going to have to do mm-hmm. like i'm not trying to say like dude there's wonderful things like laughing moments of laughing together and silly faces and all the ho- hopeful things that you hope will happen where you're like it's like a pajama party with your friend you know what i mean like that <laughs> stuff's real but but at the same time, there's this other thing happening where God's refining you. And, and I, yeah. I don't mean to eat up a lot of the time with that, but it just came to mind when yeah. you were asking, yeah. you know. And uh, I, I, I remember I told me and my wife had this crazy dope conversation, which took our marriage in, in the right direction recently. <laughs> and, and that was a conversation about honesty, like just letting her say all the things that she hoped were going to happen and that didn't. Just letting her say them and talk to me um, and understanding her, right? Because before she's like trying not to say these things is afraid to hurt my feelings and all that stuff going on. And now it's like the Lord put in my heart, like, just like, hey, like, let her tell you like all these things that she's afraid to tell you because she just feels like it's going to beat you down, you know? Mm -hmm. And that took us to a way, you know, like for us, like it was like two years in that we stopped lying to each other 
And when, I mean, on, even on little things, like I didn't realize I was such a liar on little things like, yeah, I love this, you know, like I love it. Like, or, oh yeah, of course I want, I, did, did you have fun watching that movie I recommended? I thought it was great. Like lying, like, yeah, like yeah. I hated it, you know, or whatever, you know, I didn't hate it, but I, I just was trying to make her happy. And in my mind, I was trying to serve her, but I realized that it was just, I was just prolonging the reality that she didn't know who I was. Mm. You know, so God stopped me a lot, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm transitioning. Sorry, dude. No, I'm taking And 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 it's been dope lately. Like real lately, it's been super dope. And that that's just part of. I mean, I'm excited. I love I love this. By the way, I'm speaking in parentheses. Like, this is awesome, bro. Because I don't get to hang out and sit down and talk to you. Mm. And yeah. we we just hung out. You know, with Camp Cameron, dude, and we just we hang out with people and sit down like this, and it's awesome because Christians need each other, bro. Yeah, they need like to 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 have each other in in their lives, you know. So, I'm, I'm this is fun, bro. Like, and and anytime you're like, dude, I want to do that again. If you're enjoying this, like, yeah. you're yeah, welcome, we'll dude. Come back. Well, well welcome. me and you can go, bro. Oh, <laughs> dang, dang, dang it, dude. Burn. Dang it, burn. <laughs> No, so so check this out. This is what I was curious about while you were talking, bro. Um, was there any new attacks, like when the doors started opening and you were being used more often? Right, I would turn on, I would turn on uh, social media. I see your face at the main pulpit, right? Like teaching, full blown sanctuary, full like teaching service, right? Did did. Now that the Lord has brought you to a place where a lot of those doors have closed and you're like growing deep, you talked about your prayer life, you talked about God taking you deeper between you and him. Is there any unique attacks that like a young man can look out for on the, on the rise of doors opening like that? Yeah, I think the, so there's a lot, dude. You know, I think one of the biggest ones is, is you start to feel like you have this image you need to keep up. You know, and that can keep you from being honest about things you go through, you know, and, you know, you, you, you know, when you're one of the going back to U-turn, like why U-turn is such a special place is those guys are brutally real. Mm. You know, if they're struggling, they're going to tell you, you know, if they don't understand, they're going to tell you, you know, if they're going through something like they're going to tell you, you know, if they don't want to get right, they're going to tell you. Mm. I think sometimes when you get into ministry, a lot of times it's like you feel like you have this image that you got to keep up where mm. it's like, you know, you're, you're serving and, you know, you, you have to, you can never have a bad day, mm. you know. And so when you do go through things, you know, sometimes it's hard to open up. You know, that was one thing that I had to struggle with. I think another thing, too, is pride. Obviously, mm. pride, you know, you start getting used and it's easy to, you know, kind of get like, man, you know, like, mm. like. I I, ha, I I have that it factor, you know, mm. and really, dude, there is no such thing as the it factor, dude. There's there's the grace of God on our lives, mm. and there's his mercy on our lives, and Paul said it so perfectly, dude. By the grace of God, I am what I am, you know, and I, I think the other thing is, is you can tend to run on momentum, you know, and, and I used to share this with a lot of people after they would teach, you know, sometimes the most vulnerable you are to falling into sin is after God uses you powerfully 
because there's like this high that happens when you teach. There's this high that happens when God uses you for something big, you know? And, and I mean, we look at things as big, small, <laughs> small, big, but God is all the same, dude. Like whether we're mopping floors or cleaning toilets or teaching from the pulpit, like that doesn't matter. It's just, you know, what we do, are we doing right. it for God? But there's a lot of vulnerability after you, you're used on a platform, you know, we call it the platform. Um, there's a lot of vulnerability because you run on this momentum, you know, and when you're running on momentum, you don't really feel like, oh, I need to get into the word. Like I haven't been into the word in a couple of days. I need to get in the word. I need you just because you're running on momentum, you know, before you know it, your devotional life can kind of suffer, mm-hmm. you know, and another thing too, that's dangerous is you can start being promoted in ministry, but decline in your walk with God, mm-hmm. like your spiritual condition declines. And that, that was a danger that, that I experienced a lot too, is, you know, your, your doors are opening and things are happening. And so you're like, man, you're just going with the flow. You're excited and there's passion and vision and, and God's using you. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, like spiritually, like as your your ministry starting to blow up, like spiritually, you're declining. Crazy. You know, and that was something that I think is important to watch out for is, mm. you know, the Bible talks about like watching ourselves, examining ourselves. Those are so important. Like the, the self-watch, you mm. know, watching ourselves and saying like, okay, you know what? Like there's some stuff in my heart that is, should not be there, wow. you know, or there's some battles in my mind that should not be there. You know, I think temptation, you know, is a big one, um, especially in ministry. You know, there's always Satan is always trying to get us to sin. He, any way he can entice us, he'll entice us. Mm. You know, I think um, a big one that a lot of people don't talk about, I think, is discouragement and depression. You know, um, I'll just be brutally honest and forgive me if I go on a rant on this, but yeah, go for it. Go for it. depression, I, I think a lot of people that... Um, suffer it, don't really talk about it, you know, and you'll see this from time to time that a lot of people will talk about, oh, I just, I'm so depressed and I'm struggling. And and I always wonder like, what level is it? You know, because when you go through some dark valleys in your life, a lot of times you don't really know you're, you're, you're that low. It's other people that will be like, Hey, are you okay? Or it's after you look back and you're like, you're like, man, maybe I was going through like depression or something. You know, but in walking with God and in serving in ministry, there is a lot of low moments that you get to emotionally, you know, and it's in those low moments, like you really have to learn to encourage yourself in the word of God, because we have a tendency, I think so much to kind of sit in our depression, you know, and and kind of let it identify us or sit in our discouragement and let it identify us or sit in our struggle and let it identify us, you know, as People in ministry, how many times have you guys run into a, to a Christian who's struggling with something and, and they're always struggling, like, and it's different things, but they're just always struggling. They never, you know, overcome, you know, and I think it's important to understand that in ministry and in our walks with God, whatever stage, if you're on the rise or if you're going through a season of not really being used, we're still called to be overcomers, mm. you know, and overcoming is very simple. We're more than conquerors through Christ. And that means that the depression, the discouragement, all of the tactics of the enemy, we can have victory and we should have victory. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean we're not going to go through them. Mm. We're going to battle them. But you can't accept those things and say, this is just how I am. I'm a depressed person. 
this is just how I am. I'm just a discouraged Christian. Or this is just how I am. I'm a struggling Christian. No, we got to always fight. Yeah. You know, and I think that was one thing in ministry that I experienced is, is there's a lot of low moments, you know, and I think more so after, you know, when doors start to shut, there's a lot of low moments, you I, know. I remember seeing some people, young people, especially in, in the pursuit that when I was serving in my time there. And like you said, there'd be those those people who would constantly be going up to the altar or you would see them with battling with depression and the same issue. And uh, you would give them counsel and point them back to the Lord. And I had this thought come into my mind that I was thinking, there's something robbing this person of peace I see in front of me. They have the Lord. They've been coming to church for years. But there's that something that's just take, stealing their peace. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I, I, all I could do is, was pray for the person of encourage them point them towards the lord because i don't know what that what that thing was and i i I still to this day sometimes struggle with like Mm. man how what what can we do Mm. yeah you touched on something right there that 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 ties into what you're saying um that was i thought was super deep dude and that was you gave you gave depression basically two faces um one was what a person internally struggles with that they oftentimes aren't displaying. But naturally the other, other side of that is and we know this with our culture is that there also is a fad of depression, like that people, they, they want to, to be um, wearing that as a style almost like, a, yeah. a, a, this, like this is me. It's a way to attract people, a way to display yourself both uh, aesthetically, like in your Instagram or your whatever, to, to to allow depression to be your world, and in that way, when you minister to somebody in that way, um, you're fighting against something that they're fighting for. You're trying to tell they're telling you I'm depressed and you know I'm dealing with this stuff, and and sometimes they're 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 setting up their world to 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 progress this thing that's one side the other side is the person who sometimes they're like yeah i just need some prayer and you're looking at them and you sent they're carrying a weight that they they don't this isn't like a setup for their life this is like dark whether it's something they went through the scar tissue that they're carrying because of their life whatever it is and those people i think that christ it's 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 less of a, a smacking somebody and waking them up and more of a just giving them Christ, bro. Like mm-hmm. you give them Jesus and, and, and you teach them to, to walk those conversations in the car where you're driving, you're talking to the Lord. Because um, Jesus does change everything. And you talked about victory and I've seen like, you know, depression. That's my thorn, right, that I carry. But that, but that see... I don't want to let that become a thing that hinders me from what God's doing in my life. And I don't, and I do everything I can not to, to progress in ministry and serving the Lord and loving my wife and, and, and knowing that I can relate to people who deal with depression, but not, not purposefully wearing it like a coat, bro. Mm. And I think some people aren't really aware that they're doing that, bro. And because he, he, he almost, you almost talked about the people that are really dealing with depression versus the people that are just kind of like, you know, yeah. floating around in it. Yeah. And, and when someone's dealing with uh, something that 
like you alluded to like someone coming up and like, man, what do you say to a person? And I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Do you have, do you have some go-to like, is there things that the Lord has put in your heart when you're sharing with a person who's dealing with internal sadness, not so much circumstantial sadness? I mean, I, I think the thing I've noticed is, is a lot of people who are really, really sad and really depressed, they're usually really broken. And so they come up to you and usually they're, they can't even finish what they're going to ask for prayer for. They just break down. Mm. You know, there's like brokenness and brokenness is a great thing, you know, because that means that God is wanting to work in their life, you know. And, you know, so when people come up that are that are broken, you know, you usually look at, you know, well, what what is the cause of it? You know, is it, you know, you made a mess of things and now you're, you're broken from what the consequences of that. You know, or maybe, you know, the trials are just breaking you. Like, if that's the case, let's pray for God's strength. Yeah. You know, and, and I found, I think more recently, it's not what I share, but it's just loving on them and looking them in the eye and saying, like, man, let's let's pray. Mm. Let's pray. And if the Lord will give a scripture or whatever, I'll give mm. a scripture. But if not, it's like, let's pray. Mm. You know, and because um, prayer can do more for them than, than anything I could share. You know, people that come up that are, you know, maybe, honestly, and that's the thing, I I haven't come across many people that are, that have come up for prayer that are, have, you know, I don't know if we want to call it, we should, we should name something right now, like fad depression, fad depression, (laughs) I like, I like how you said it's like a fad, people that come up with like fad depression, like I haven't really had them, And, and that's why I, I wonder. You know, I don't ever want to look at someone and judge them and say, oh, they're not depressed. They, you know, but I do wonder like, okay, like, are, are you really depressed? Mm. You know, and, Mm. um, coming from a person who knows what real depression is, you you have a tendency to look at it differently. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I hate myself, dude. I I get, I get, I get frustrated. I think a lot of times too (laughs) with the culture and you know, one of the the things I I also have a struggle with too. And, you know, I don't want to put this person on blast, but you know, I went to a, 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 concert or conference not too long ago. I think me and you actually talked about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the guy had been through a lot of pain, a lot of loss and you know, he got up and his message wasn't a message. It, It felt like more of a show. And for me, I remember I was just really grieved in my heart because I'm like, okay, like you've been through all that. Like, man, that that's a powerful message mm. of how, you know, God can use you to touch someone else, mm. you know, and to see him kind of turn it into this display. show, a mm. display, yeah. it just rubbed me the wrong way. Was it Kanye? here's what's interesting about what you're saying and I, I wish i had my notepad in front of me but there's a there's a direct line connected between what you just shared and what you shared earlier um and you talked about the dangers uh one of the questions i was asked you know is there any dangers uh unique attacks that creep up on a person on their rise and you begin to talk about something that I thought was profound, bro. I thought it was the best part that we've been through so far in this uh, conversation. And that is this simultaneous drop and rise, right? This, this person spiritually dropping while they are progressing in uh, what they're doing. 
And it led me to wonder as you were sharing, what does the, the full extent of that look like? See, you mentioned this attack happening, can happen in your life, can happen in my life, can happen, has happened in our lives where we spot it and we're like, wait a minute. The last podcast I just did, I talked about this conversation that I was having with the Lord that was leading me to realize that we hadn't had that kind of conversation in a long time, right? Which caused me to repent. Yeah. So we have these moments where we catch that, right? That, that rise and fall simultaneously. But what does a person look like as that doesn't get caught? And I always trip out when... I hear, and I'm not, dude, I wouldn't cast no judgment like you earlier. There's reasons why you're not like this guy, what, you know? Yeah. But, but when you hear of a pastor and that does something and everybody's like, like, how did that happen? Yeah. Mm. In some cases it's immorality and it's heartbreaking. Like really, and all these people are wounded in other cases, it's sad. Like a person killing themselves or like, and what you, what you, what, what that's turned into what our conversation, because we both sat there and felt the same way. Yeah. Um, it's turned into a concern more than an irritation because I realized that if you can continue to get better and better at like, good morning, everybody. It's so amazing to be here. Like just, yeah. I mean, whatever the height <laughs> of that vibe, bro, that like, you know, like if you can progress in that, there's nobody around you that can see where you're digressing. Yeah. Like there's nobody who knows, dude. And whatever your thing looks like, you your outcome can be different. If it is deep-rooted depression and all of a sudden this super happy, dope, encouraging guy kills himself. Or this super encouraging, you know, how to overcome temptation dude falls. Like, or... And, and, and it's that, bro. It's that. It's these conversations with other people who are in ministry that that cause us to be honest. Like, oh, you too? Yeah. Like, you too, bro? Like, you dealt with that? Or, or you know, and, and that's what's heartbreaking about mm-hmm. seeing that is, is, is it, you, you're, you're bringing up something that's totally true. Because here you have very similar, like, extreme losses. I know you've experienced extreme loss. You know I've experienced extreme loss. And from that young man's testimony that we were listening to, he too had experienced extreme loss. There's a connection there, but you're watching a display and it's like, but who, who's behind that, bro? Like, let's put that down. Like, tell me about you. Like, tell me about like what that was like or what, where you're at and how I can learn from you. Not just like, you yeah. know, like, so yeah, that's, but you know, like yeah. you said, it sucks that you don't want to become you, the next thing too, that Satan likes to attack us in is when we become skeptics of like every person. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This guy did it a little wrong. He was a little too long on his joke or whatever. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden I'm looking, I'm like, Mike, you teach three people, bro. Like calm down. Yeah. It's not like you're the guru or nothing, yeah. you know, but I hear you, bro. And and I felt the same way in that. Yeah. And, and it's hard because, you know, you, you, you wonder like, and you know, any, like, that dude experienced a lot, and that's why, like, I, I was, I, I was just, I, I left there, and I was like, man, what, where was the disconnect? Because it's almost like it wasn't real, mm. you know, and I think that's always the most powerful testimony is when it's just real, 
you know, and I mean, the teachers, a lot of times that we identify with the most are ones that are just real, mm -hmm. you know, you think of, of Pastor Raul, you know, Pastor Dale, like how mm -hmm. many times have they rolled up their sleeves and shared their heart with us? Right, just transparency. Just transparent. And, you know, I think that's the key to um, being in ministry. I think where the problem is and going back to that hole where your things are, doors are opening, but spiritually you're declining, mm -hmm. like you're moving forward in ministry, but spiritually you're declining. I think one of the things that happens is is you're because you're declining and you don't address the problems, you don't deal with the lust, you don't deal with the pride. Or you're surrounded with the yes men and you don't realize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. you don't deal with those issues that need to be dealt with. You let them stay there. You kind of, you know, just let them linger mm -hmm. around and you don't deal with them. Before you know it, it's you're not able to be transparent when you teach mm -hmm. because you have this this hidden life there yeah, behind compromise. closed doors yeah and so i i think that's that's what happens is is you you start to you're like well no i i can't share about that because i'm i'm going through that mm. or no i i don't you know i gotta stay i gotta keep this area you know compartmentalized and that's what i you you, you stop being real when you share and Dang. and i think i think the key to 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 messages that um, impact people are always obviously it's the word of God you're teaching the Bible you're not teaching you know you're you're not doing you know goofy stuff you know but I think um, you know being able to live what you preach mm. yeah. you know and um, I think Dale said it and you know when you get off the stage when you get off the pulpit that's when you know the sermon begins that's when you know the test happens mm. You know, and I, I think it's important, like, you know, whatever we, you know, opportunities God gives us to share, like, that's great. But I think the true power is, and is, are you able to live it? You know, and if you're not able to live it, you know, you're, you're, you're not power, you're, you're powerless, mm -hmm. you know, and it's all display only. Yeah. And, and I really, you know, and I, and like I said, I don't know about the guy. I, I don't know his story i don't know what his life's like yeah like me and you might be serving him like in the kingdom yeah, Sorry, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, but i just like from what i've experienced in ministry yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to be real when you're not living it mm -hmm. you know and so it just it goes back to what we're always taught is like you gotta live it out mm. you know like is the bible real to us you know is it something we preach from but is it something that we take home and we're like man lord like i need to change you know, like, do we put as much effort in living out God's word in our own lives and obeying God in our own lives as we do in preaching it? Mm. You know, because if we do, dude, we'll be different men. Mm. You know, and if we do, that's when we'll have the impact. That's when, you know, and it may never be from a, a platform. And I love that about God is it's not about the platform, you know, but dude, we'll, people at our funerals mm. will be able to say like, hey, this person impacted me. You know, and uh, honestly, I, I think everything that we go through in life forms our perspective. And for me, being able to see, you know, be at so many funerals, I hate funerals, mm -hmm. you know, and being able to see how, like, really, that's when you know who a person was. When their family member gets up and says great things about them that are real and that you never knew, mm -hmm. that's when you see the testimony yeah. of a life. And, you know, like what will people say at my funeral? What will people say at, at your funeral and your funeral? Like, will they say, oh yeah, you know, he always did ministry, but at home he was different. Or will they say like, dude, that guy was real and he impacted my life. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, for me, just being transparent with you guys, you know, I, I think I, I get very hard on myself because I, I always feel like I look back and I have a lot of regrets, you know, and there's things that I would have done differently. Even in that whole situation that happened with my dad, there's a lot of things I would have done differently, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't, you know, live with regret. I don't believe in that. But, um, you know, I, I always wonder, I'm like, man, I'm like, what would my family say, you know, at my funeral? Mm-hmm. You know, did I invest enough in them that they would have something to say? You know, or, or was I a ghost? Mm-hmm. You know, was I absent? Was I serving God's people and yet not, you know, serving my family? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you know, Stephen, one of the things that uh, I've had to come to face with is that I couldn't be more than I was in certain scenarios because God hadn't matured me through those scenarios to bring me where I'm at. And I have that, bro. Like, I got a lot of stuff where I look and I'm like, you know, like, I would like to do that a little differently. But part of the reason why I know that lesson so well is because I didn't do it differently then. And and now that I've, you know, let those things go like you talked about not living with regret that's something me too that i don't want to live with and i've had to wrestle with that but part of that is um just learning that that the lord sees all of us so small in comparison to what he knows we could be that all these times that he's pouring into us and it's amazing that's simply him being gracious on us like like dude the old man version of you is gonna smash this guy like as far as spiritually <laughs> like he is and but you couldn't be further than you are now yeah you know you, i mean go on. You, you bring something up that i i kind of want to see what your thoughts are and that's to me ambition in a christian's life mm. how do you balance the dreams and call that god is calling you to with pride how do you balance that with with allowing your selfish desires take over to the point because i mean we could make ministry and the good things in ministry turn into god itself when it's not god he's the creator he gives us these gifts these opportunities this calling how do you balance Mm. allowing him to take you places also, too, without getting lazy in what he's given you to do. What are your thoughts on those? I think, uh, I think honestly, I think a lot of what has to happen in, in every Christian's life, like when you first start serving, is you got to get humbled. Mm. You know, and a lot of times that happens, it's over our lives. You know, we're never finished products. You know, and I think what I'm, what I'm learning in this season is, is, you know, it's more about the grace of God on our lives, you know, because when you start to see all of our flaws and all of our ambition and all of our things, you know, that are in our heart and in our mind, and we're like, man, like, I didn't know that was there, or man, I didn't know I had that ambition, or I didn't know, you know, that my heart was in the wrong place, or my motive was off, and you start to see these things, you know, and you understand that, you know, it's by the grace of God that we're saved and that we're used. You know, and I think ambition is a great thing if it's ambition to do God's will in our lives. You know, and I think a lot of people, um, you know, and, it, and it's so hard. It, that I've asked myself that question so much because, you know, we all want to do big things for God. Yeah. 
mm. you know, and all of us here, you know, and we all have dreams and these visions and we're like, man, God, send me, I'll go. Like, and we just, there's so much there. And, and I think that that's a great thing to have, you know, but I think the most important thing is just embracing surrender and being surrendered. Like, because when you're surrendered and fully surrendered, and fully submitted and it's not about you it's about god's will you know god can then do things with us Mm -hmm. you know and something uh, jesse barella said you know in one of the ministry classes i don't remember what it was it there's so many different ministry classes that we we've been able to be a part of throughout the years and he said that sometimes god has to crush your vision before bringing it to pass Mm -hmm. you know and he brought up the story of moses and how Moses had this vision to deliver the children of Israel so much so that he thought he was like, they all know, you know, they all know that I'm the guy. And God had to crush that vision. You know, and God brought him to a place where when the call finally came, Moses was like, not me. Send someone else, dude, <laughs> like I'm tapped, you know. Wow. But um, so I think a lot of it is, is, is God crushing us, you know, and, and I think just, man, rolling with the punches the molding and the shaping and the years like I look back and I I would never want to relive anything that I've been through I'm not even kidding I I I don't but I wouldn't trade it Hmm. because the work that God has done in my heart is worth so much more to me than anything you know and um you know I I'm thankful for all of the 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 stuff and the disappointments and the frustrations and and all those things I'm, I'm thankful for them because they've molded and shaped me to where I'm at now, you know, and hopefully they'll continue to mold me and shape me, you know, into the man that God can use for whatever he wants to do, mm. you know, and, it, you know, so that's it. I have one, one more thing, just myself, I mm-hmm. want to ask. Uh, um, when people, like when people hear, you know, or think about you, how can they pray for you, dude? Like what, what are you praying for, for your, and you, it's it's a odd thing for me to bring up after what you just said, which by the way ministered to me sick. By the way, the the in, in order to carry out your dream, he's got to crush it. You know, yeah. I was like, wow, okay, that's <laughs> that's, that's happening to you. Yeah. <laughs> we got, yeah, yeah. My you, question, you don't got to talk so loud, Mike. I know <laughs> we're right here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, bro. My wife is always just like, you are impossible. Like, we go places, bro. Like, uh, my, <laughs> I'm embarrassing, bro. Like, I'm loud. I'm loud, huh, man? I'm freaking <laughs> loud, bro. Like, I don't, I'm sorry. How, how, what, what's your vision, hopeful vision for the future? And when people think about you ministry-wise, like, how can we pray for yeah. you, dude? Like, what's God put in your heart? Um... Man, you know, I think right now uh, I, f- I kind of feel like a blank canvas, you know, where it's like, okay, God, like, you know, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I maybe have, you know, things or ideas or thoughts of, you know, what, what I would like to see happen in my future. But I feel like I'm just in this place right now where it's just a blank canvas. Like, okay, God, what do you, what do you want to, what, what picture do you want to paint? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, mm-hmm. I think the thing is, is, you know, like for, for prayer, you know, I think, um, just that God would continue to work in me. Um, I definitely want to continue to grow, you know, and I think coming face to face with the, the sinner that I am, you know, and I know we all say like, Oh dude, like we're all sinners, but 
you know, there's there's a lot of work. I think when we're honest with ourselves, we know, like, dude, there's a lot of work to be done, you know. And Paul, it's like that progression that Paul had, right? Early on, he was a sinner. At the end of his life, he looked at himself. He's like, man, I'm the chief. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the chief of sinners. And I think that's accurate in all our lives is like, you know, as you start to grow closer to God, you know, you you start to see like, man, I'm not where I want to be. Mm. You know, so I think just that the Lord would continue to mold and shape and, 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 you know, purify my heart and my mind. And like I said, as far as ministry, I feel like I'm just a blank canvas right now, you know, which is exciting, you know? Yeah. Because the so, options and the doors now, God can take you to the best possible situation yeah. when you do that. When you just say, okay, God, I'm just going to leave myself open for you. Then he's going to guide that. And I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? I, how, how can the audience pray for you? I, I got to flip the script on you guys. Uh, man. That was pretty good, asked us a question. I know. I know, <laughs> I know, got another dude. co-host here, dude. <laughs> yeah. oh, um, man. God, First man, mind. like... You know, dude, it's so crazy, man. It's encouraging that that you've been brought to that place to me, you know, where you're just like blank canvas because that crushed, crushed your dreams kind of thing, bro, that conversation. Like, just complete transparency. Like, not long ago, some guy on a job said, so I was like, hey, you're the pastor. Uh, and I just sat there, dude, and I was like, and I almost said I was, dude. Like, it almost came out of my mouth. And and the Lord, like, the scripture came to mind that the call of God's irrevocable. Like, the scripture popped in my brain. And I just was like, I just try to be the Lord's man, dude. And uh, I guess what I would love people to pray for me is just just for God to use my life. It's important to me. You know, it's important to me. I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to be a dad without that thought in my mind. That I just, I hope that I, that God would use my life continually because I don't know who I am without that. But it doesn't have to be, like, starting a church. It doesn't have to be, you know, like, I don't know what it has to be. It doesn't need to be anything, dude. I just, I know that my recent prayers to the Lord are like, hey, if there's anything you need from me, Lord, um, the answer is yes. Anything you want me to do. I don't care what that is anymore, dude. (laughs) I really don't. Um. And it's so, so, it's so good too, though, bro. It's like, I don't want to portray myself because I'm a broken man right now, dude, just completely honestly. <laughs> but, but I also don't feel like defeated. I, f- I feel closer to the Lord than I used to be. I just feel like nothing, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm nobody, you know? And I, dude, I heard people say like, oh, it's not till you feel like you're nobody. And, but I'm even past that, bro. I went, I mentioned last time there's been times when I thought I was in deep water before and then. Then I laughed at my former self a year later, and then I thought I was in deep water then, and then I laughed at myself a year later, and then eventually you just get to a place where you're like, yeah, I'm no longer about the story of deep water. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just want God to save me, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that the Lord used my life, and for my wife and my daughter. Yeah. I would ask that if you think of me, um, pray that I'd be faithful with 
and focus on just what God's given me. Um, a lot of new chapters are about to open up in my life. One, marriage. Yeah. I know. It's super stoked. Yeah. Welcome to the club, bro. Well, not yet. We'll see when you get there. <laughs> club, bro. Yeah, dude. Um, so that, that's something I, I want to be faithful with that because we're like, first ministry right there. Um, along with that is with the people he's placed in my life right now. I know it's, like I said, I was telling you in the bookstore when we ran into each other. Um, definitely the Lord's taken us through, as a church, through a weird season of, like, COVID. And, you know, it could be discouraging. And it could be like, okay, well, which at the same time, it's also, I know God is using that tremendously just to shape me and my heart in it. Um, but that God would continue to just help me just to be faithful. Yeah. Be faithful in, in the little things. Be faithful with loving people. Um, and, I, you know, I think if I focus on him and just allowing him to do that, I think uh, he's going to lead me where else, wherever else I need to go. Um, so I would ask that you'd pray for me for that. Um, and I'm also just want to say thanks for, for asking. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's something that's... Um, one thing that David Zunza would always say, hey, you want to know if like, you did good ministry today? Just see if you prayed with anyone that day. Mm. And I'm just like, that's a good uh, rule to live by. It's like, you know what? Let me just see if somebody needs prayer. Mm. Yeah. Um, before, before we kind of wrap this up, there's one more question I did have that I wanted to ask you. And that's in regards to your, you've been serving at this church for a lot of years now. Um, and the church is in a weird season right now. It's in a season of we're just kind of hopefully at the tail end of COVID. Is there anything that you would want to encourage believers in during this season right now of like maybe things that you see that people are fearful of, people are, are losing hope in? Is there anything that you would say that people need to be kind of need to hear right now? Yeah, you know, I, I think for me, COVID has been interesting because, you know, I, we, we didn't lose our jobs. We didn't, you know, so we haven't seen a whole lot of the the harshness of COVID that a lot of people have. Mm. There are a lot of people who lost their jobs. You know, my brother-in-law lost his job right as COVID was happening. You know, um, there's a lot of people who are going through a lot of heavy trials. And I think it just goes back to um you know the whole message of jesus you know he's on the boat with us in the storm you know and i think that the trials that we're going through you know we just draw close to god and, and trust him you know um pray you know and have faith and, and you know just let let the bible i love james the book of james you know let patience have its perfect work just let it you know what you're going through right now you know may suck you know and what you're going through right now may be really really difficult um, you know, and very, very harsh, but when you trust God and you just let God have his way in your life, like you're going to come out of the season stronger and you're also going to experience the faithfulness of God. You know, so I think a lot of times when we go through trials, that's the first thing we think is we think, you know, we, we doubt the faithfulness of God, you know, his ability to come through, you know, his ability to, to show himself faithful. And I think that, you know, knowing that God is faithful and clinging to that and remembering that but you're only going to experience the faithfulness of god in those trials mm. you know that's when you see him when you have to pray for for your paycheck 
that's when you see the faithfulness of God. You know, when you're struggling and someone comes and helps you, that's when you see the faithfulness of God. You know, when you needed a job and God provides you a job, that's when you see the faithfulness of God. So I would just say that, you know, and if COVID has, you know, if if COVID has, you know, hasn't, you know, totally derailed your life, like, dude, what an opportunity, you know, like we're seeing like a little bit of an awakening. I think Dale called it like a little awakening, you know, at the church, man, there's so many people that are coming back and there's so many opportunities to minister because a lot of people, COVID has shaken them up, mm. you know, and so I think there's a lot of opportunities to minister, a lot of opportunities to share with people and just do ministry. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like ministry isn't always done from the platform. Ministry is done, you know, on the street, you know, it's done at ground level just as much as from the platform, you know, and we can all do ministry like we've all been given gifts and talents, you know, and it doesn't matter if, you know, our, our audience is 1500 people or our audience is, you know, that one person we run into in, in the parking lot, like God wants to use us. Like you said, like, it's like, just like being God's man, like God, whatever you want to do with me today, like I'm down with it, you know, and just being available and open, I, I think is key for awesome. sure. That's awesome, Stephen. Uh, Stephen, thanks for being on the show. We want to pray for you and with you um, before we wrap this up. So let's pray. Cool. Heavenly Father, thank you for our brother Stephen. Thank you for allowing us to have this cool conversation, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would continue to give Stephen so much joy and peace, Lord, in the ability to wait upon you. I pray, Father, that you would continue to, to bless his marriage, Father, that you put a hedge of protection around it. Lord God, I, I pray and I ask, Father, that you would bless his ministries that he's involved in. Lord God, may he be faithful. Lord God, I pray, Father, that you would continue to give him vision. I pray that you would give him vision without boundaries. And I ask, Lord God, that you would just continue to bring people alongside Stephen, Father, that he might be able to minister to them. Lord God, we, we thank you for the gifts and the calling of God. I pray, Father, that we would be faithful and that we would take full advantage, Lord. We love you, Father. We praise you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Cool, cool. Cool. Well, that's a wrap, Steve. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, guys. Cool. Love the podcast. I got to go catch up now, dude. Episodes 1 through uh, 11. Well, hopefully. One through 11.